This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. The milepost, the milepost. Matthew chapter number seven and verse number 14. Father, before we begin to read your word, I pray today, Lord, that you will open our hearts that we might become more like Christ. Help us to serve you, Lord, and help us to honor you and help us to praise you. Father, let me get out of the way and may we run right into you today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Matthew chapter 7, verse number 14, reading to you from the King James Version, because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Went all the way back to this old version of the scripture, because it was the one that I remember being instilled in me as a child in Sunday school. Straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. There's a path laid out for us. I don't know about you, but I'm the type of guy who likes to know where I'm going. Now, I know some of you are the type of people who like to get in the car and just drive. Matter of fact, the other day, Christina and I were on a drive, and and we got a little turned around. I said, well, let's just see where this road goes. Not always the wisest idea is we went up a mountain. Amen. You know, some of you, I understand that, but I'm one of those guys, I like to plan. I like to know where I'm going. I like, I like to lay the route out. And then you know, I kept my Alaska beard for another week because I, I wanted to talk with you a little bit about something I learned on our trip. And, you know, before we went to Alaska, we, we didn't have a clue. We, uh, the word uh, for people that, uh, for all of us actually that live here is, for, they call you a Chicago. And in Chicago, uh, what happened was when all the uh, gold people came up seeking gold from Chicago, the Eskimos couldn't say Chicago, so they called them Chicagos. And so now everybody from down here is called a Chicago up there. And they, the people who live there are called a sourdough. Well, we're not a sourdough, but I'm going to tell you this much, that if I knew, if I ever go back, there's a few things I know better now. I know how to dress because it gets really cold there, right? They may have said it was going to be 70-something, but that was in the north. We were in the south, about to freeze to death. I'm also going to know how to protect against the bugs, and I'm going to know which part of the state I want to be in more of the time because I know which part I like. You see, all this knowledge for planning my next trip, or if I ever get to go back, comes from experience, having been there. But just a few weeks ago, we were facing an unknown, so like any good dad, I spent weeks researching and making just the right plans. I mean, I was laying it all out. I was like, okay, well, I had a map, and we're going to go this way this day, and this is where we're going to go, and this is, this is where we're going to end up. And I was trying to figure out, but I was, I mean, I was really trying to weigh it all out and trying to figure out exactly where we needed to end up. And as I searched and surfed the web, there was one thing that kept popping up. Everybody said, if you're going to Alaska, you need to get a milepost. You need a milepost. So I I, I bought a milepost. Now, these are amazing. I mean, I, I, I just threw everything I had away and took 
the mile. I mean, listen, listen to this kind of thing. You, you pull one of these up and you see everything there, really, like even some of the addresses are not, they're not addresses, it's what mile marker you're at because everything's so far apart there. And as, you, as you're driving along, it, it, I mean, like here, let's go here, for instance. It's, let's see, it says that at mile 53.3, or excuse me, 52.6, here you can turn out, when, when you don't have but just a couple of highways, I guess it's not hard to do it this way. But anyways, it says you can turn out if you want to drive a little slower. At, at this mile, you, this is a place, you need a good burger. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. My wife and I were driving through a town the other day. We stopped at a restaurant and it was a horrible mistake. Here's a good lake for catching fish. Lots of Dolly Varden and rainbow trout. At mile marker, 47.3. Even one that says, last gas for 90 miles. Wouldn't that be, I mean, this is awesome. It was like, I was like, okay, here you go, Christina, chart the way. And she's reading along. Mom, I'm doing okay. Oh, well, if you want to see this, it's going to be, okay, okay. Oh, you buzz by that one, you know? But it told us all along the way. Now, l- now let's come to this week. So we, we get back into town. I, I preached to you last Sunday morning. We had to shoot back out of town for a couple of days. And as we're out of town, we're in the mountains of North Georgia. We got exactly to our destination, but then we popped in another destination and we're driving around and we're I'd forgotten my GPS and we're lost as all get out we're driving around and all of a sudden Christina makes this brilliant comment she says wouldn't it be great if North Georgia had a mile post I said yeah and then all of a sudden being the pastor that I am I got today's sermon right there in the middle of my frustration amen I thought wouldn't it be great if life had an up-to-date milepost, because a few things in here had changed. There were a couple businesses that had closed. There was, there was one place we were expecting a single leg bridge, but, but, and you were supposed to have to take a lot of time to get through there. But for some reason, they had decided to expand and build a double one beside it. So we were able to go on around and we didn't have the delay and we were excited and, and things change. And I thought, wouldn't it be amazing if we had a milepost for life that, that kept up to date and kept changing and, and kept moving forward with, with life so we would know when there was just the right amount of, of gas right along the way or when there was just, you know, just how much, wouldn't it be great if he told you where the cheapest stuff was? I don't want to hear about all the apps you have on your phone. I, you can't do that and drive. Do you know what? I thought about that. Wouldn't it be amazing? You know, there was one stretch we came through, and we come through this long stretch of nothingness. And as we came through the stretch of nothing, my my ga- that, that big tank gets like ten miles to the gallon, you know, and it was coming down. Da, 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 da. And I was like, we better stop. We better stop. And we see this. And most of the places when we left here is about three ninety eight a gallon. When we got there, it was about four nineteen, so not too bad. But as I come out of this long stretch of nothingness, it said four ninety nine. I said. I don't know when the next gas is. The milepost doesn't show me. I stopped. I said, maybe it goes up from here. I put in as much as I could bear at that moment. I was like, I'm not filling up here. <laughs> I just want to make sure we're not like grizzly food tonight. So I was like, I put in just enough. And we drive, get this, we drive two miles. <laughs> two miles, 434. It's like, ah. Oh. If I had just waited, but you know, I thought, what about life? Those things that, that change and we don't really know what decision to make. Wouldn't it be great if we had something to use as a milepost? Something up to date. For you see, up to date is because 
Those changes along the way would equate in our life with how culture and technology have progressed so rapidly that sometimes we are faced with challenges that past generations handled a different way. But, but in general, I mean, things are a lot, a lot the same. Could you imagine instead of at mile 47.2, here's, here's gas or at mile 49.6, here's a great trout pond. Maybe, maybe, maybe if, if, if we had a life milepost, it might read just a little bit like this. At two, your child is going to display all of your spouse's childish habits and yours all wrapped up in one. Amen. At 11, your children begin to question everything you do. As a teenager, close the book and open like, no, I'm playing. <laughs> As a teenager, when they reach your height, they will think they can see everything clear from your perspective. At 21, they will need you more than ever. In their early 30s, once again, they will begin to question every life choice. At 40, and I, I just choke when I get to that. At 40, you realize how far you've got to go in such a relatively short time. At 65, you question your role in life again. Read this somewhere. At 75, you're just glad to still be here. At 95, you find yourself thinking a lot about going home. As life seems to take all of its twists and turns, dead ends and intersections, how do we navigate the way? What kind of milepost is there to let us know what to do? You see, we need to realize that no matter how life may change, we still will be faced with many of the same decisions. Even though, for example, the modes of transportation have changed over time, the distance we all must travel is still the same. Whether you're on foot, in a wagon, by a train, by a car, or by a plane, the distance remains the same. A mile is a mile and a day is a day. What changes in that distance is how quickly we have to make the decision. How quickly we have to make those decisions in life. In the past, if you were headed somewhere, all of a sudden you were moving along in that wagon and you may have had days to make a decision of what you're going to do when you got there. Then cars progressed and maybe you had hours. And now sometimes we zip through life so quickly and maybe we just have moments to make life's decisions. And how are we going to know where we need to stop? How are we going to know where we need to head? What decisions are we going to make? Let me just give you a for example of how things have progressed in the last, just say, 70 years. How things have progressed so fast in the last 70 years. 70 years ago, the way that you picked a spouse is much different than the way you would pick one today. So let me just tell you how my, how my grandparents picked each other. My grandparents probably weren't that different from a lot of people around them. My granddad fixed his collar. Lay back, put his hand on the steering wheel, and drive his tractor right by the field grandma was working in. When he'd come by, he'd throw up that finger. Hey. Drove on past. If he was lucky when he came back by, grandma was still in the field and she'd throw up her hand and say, Hey. After a few weeks of, Hey. Hey. A letter was written. After a couple of letters being written, very, very few, but after a couple of letters being written, after a few haze, here was the question of the day. Well, are you going to marry me or not? I thought, is it that easy? Hey, <laughs> you'll be real careful about who you say hello to before when you leave. Amen. Do you know what? Watch it, Jonathan. Amen. But, uh, <laughs> 
We were just having a conversation before service. I'm sorry. You can kick me afterwards. <laughs> Do you know what? Finally, the letter arrives or the, the note arrives. Well, if you're going to marry me, meet me down at the bridge before your daddy finds out you're gone. <laughs> I was like, God, please let that family curse be broken in Jesus' name. And boom, all those years later, we're all here. You know, I thought about how it changed just in the amount of time that where Christine and I got together. You know how it was, guys, back then. We, we had to have our car because we had to go. We had to go. You couldn't, you couldn't, you couldn't constantly communicate with everybody because you're tired of the house phone too much, but you, you had to be on the go, had to be on the go. And so we, we were always trying to get to where they were and we, and we were looking for excuses to stop by where they were. And then, then you got their number. And once you got their number, I mean, think about it. You would stay on the phone. Till your ear began to ache. The same guy who today, when the wife says, how was your day? He's like, oh, was on the phone for hours. What? Oh, I just want, I mean, those sickening, you know how it goes. Oh, good night. You hang up first. <laughs> Have you seen that horrible commercial? You hang, you hang up. Makes you just want to take a pair of scissors and cut the line. But you didn't want to go. And things have progressed from a tractor to a car and a phone. And nowadays, one in five relationships begin via computer. So, you surf the web. It's like a menu. Yes. <laughs> the bad thing is when you enter, you're looking for the people who, who probably would, you know, be equivalent to you. And all of a sudden, no, there are no results. But anyways, you know, <laughs> but you're hoping for like a, a menu and, and you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then, in fact, we got a couple that had been married about seven months in here right now that met exactly this way. And, and then a long distance, uh, communication begins. You're, you're typing each other. You're, you're sending emails and then you're chatting together. And then, then when you get ready to take that step, because now they're going to see who you are, not a picture you've had doctor, but they're going to see who you are. You Skype together and then you text, then you talk and then you get married. Time's moving along. Instead of having family history, and well, that's somebody obviously is one of the ones I have to choose from because our families have known each other for so long. Now, people all over the nation are meeting and people are, are moving and life is changing at such a rapid pace. Wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be awesome if we knew how to make the right decision? Wouldn't it be amazing if we knew how to handle the rest of decisions that are coming upon us? And then that's where God began to speak to me about this message is that the milepost of life has not changed. Even though the distance and the, the speed at which we must make decisions come, the, even though those things have changed, the decision-making process has not changed. There are two key things that we all need to use in our life as a milepost. And the number one thing is the Word of God. If you come to a place in your life to make a decision and that decision does not line up with the word of God, then you don't need to make that decision. Not only do you need to line up every decision with the word of God, but then there's an old, old phrase of the church called season it with prayer. In other words, not only do you need to find out what God wants you to do, then you need to talk to God about it so that he will enable you to do what you're supposed to do at those places of decisions in your life. But you say, Pastor Don, the, the decisions I make really aren't that big. You would be amazed at what effect the decisions that you have to make 
will have on others. As life takes its turns and things happen that we don't expect, we must determine that if we if we come to a place in the path that veers from God's way and God's plan and God's word, we must determine if we come to that place that we must realign ourselves with the plan of God for our life. And if a turn would move us away from God, we must avoid that turn with everything that is in us. If our life is intersected with opportunities that we are not sure from God or not, we must remember what Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 13 says, says, keep walking along straight paths. You know, as I was thinking about how that we all have to make these decisions, you know, as we went north, we, we followed him. It was awesome. And coming up right here in just about two tenths of a mile, stop and look. And that was pretty great because the whole milepost went north. But as we got to the north, we realized we much preferred the south. So we tried to flip it around. And then on the way back down until we got used to how it was going to work, as we're coming along, there were several times we're like, you just passed that. As we were zipping by because we were moving and we really weren't sure where we were going in life. And we were moving forward and every, every speed, every decision determined in how we could interact on that situation. Listen to me today. God gave me a very, very simple message about finding God's will for your life and being determined you will be in God's plan no matter what. That you would follow God's word. People say, it'll never work if you do that. I want to tell you something. Your life will not work outside of God's plan. But if you plant yourself in according to the promises of God, God wants you to know all things will work out for your good. That's how great our God is. That's how awesome our king is. We're all faced with decisions. The decision I make today will determine major things for tomorrow. And some of you say, Pastor Don, you don't understand. I'm not just making simple decisions. I'm at a make or break moment in my life. I'm at a place in my life that I don't know where to turn. As I thought about that concept, my, my mind went back in time just a little bit in history. And as, as I remember hearing these stories and reading these stories about a hill just north of here, just outside a city or a little town called Gettysburg. There on this hill, there was a place there called Little Round Top. And there standing on the top of Little Round Top, there was a young colonel by the name of Chamberlain. And Chamberlain stood there after he had been standing all night long resisting the enemy. Now, the enemy that he was resisting would be very interesting to us because there was Georgia boys. And these Georgia boys were coming up that hill. They were the 10th, and as this 10th division was coming up that hill, they were known to be some of the most seasoned veterans of the enemy forces. And Chamberlain stood there on that mountaintop. And as he stood there on that mountaintop, having fought all night long, they come to him, his sergeants, his brothers are one of these, they come to him and they say to him, they say, listen, we are about to out of ammunition they said that the average soldier only has two shots left. That's it. After those two shots, they will overrun us. We must certainly retreat. 
They said the Chamberlain's eyes glazed over for a moment as he stood looking and as he could see the 10th Georgia beginning to muster to come back up the hill again, having been thoroughly whooped by them all night long. He watched as they began to muster again. His men are waiting for the sound of retreat. His sergeants are standing around him. He's at a place where it's time to run. It's time to give up. But at that moment, he realized, I have to win. There is no choice but that I win. And so he draws his sword and steps up on the wall where he's the target of the enemy. Obviously clear. He's the target. Interestingly enough, I didn't share this in the first service, that after this man was elected to be the governor of his state, a man on the opposing force wrote him a letter and he said on two times on that fateful day, I drew my bead on you. I could have clearly taken you off the wall. And he said, every time I went to pull the trigger, he said, something came over me and I could not do that I could not take your life he said I had fought and I had fought and I had been a man of war he said but something consumed me because as Chamberlain stood on that wall and lifted his sword at the point of death he began to run with a battle cry his men were shocked they leapt to their feet and they started down that hill the 10th would write we were prepared for victory we knew they only had one more assault in them left but all of a sudden we thought they had reinforcements because instead of backing down and retreating and running they were charging as mighty warriors down the hill as Chamberlain charged down the hill with little to no ammunition many of his soldiers having none at all bayonets fixed Chamberlain and his few handful of soldiers surrounded and defeated the mighty Georgia 10th. And on that day, on that day, at that decision, Chamberlain won the war. You said, Pastor Don, that's, that's pretty brave. That's pretty bold. Well, the generals and the president, they saw it that way. Because up to that point, the South was winning. But on that day, when he said that all else must go aside, and I must fulfill my purpose. He says he came down the mountain that day that the tide of the war changed. It was so much noted that when Lee surrendered, he surrendered to Chamberlain, the man who made a decision that in spite of what it would cost him, he would do what was right. Listen to me, church. I've come to preach a message to you today. That sometimes in life, decisions are not easy. Sometimes in life, the way that we have to walk is not easy. The Bible says it's narrow and it's straight. It doesn't leave a lot of room for interpretation. God's way is a straight and a narrow way. But this is the purpose. This is the point that you have to hear today. When you don't know what else to do and you don't know where else to turn, if you stand on the promises of God, though the enemy may have you in his sights, I declare to you today the favor of the Lord because God's word will not fail you. You press on. You obey God, you keep moving forward, and God will bring you through. And what you do can not only change your life, but change a generation. You say, Pastor Don, why do you think it would change a generation? If Chamberlain had not come down that hill that day, we in the Confederacy would have won. When we would have won, there would not be a great United States of America. There would be three small countries at best who constantly were were at war with each other. And as these three small countries constantly warred with each other, when Hitler arose in Europe, there would have been nobody to stand in the gap. When the enemy began to spread communism across the planet, there would have 
and nobody to stand in the gap. When, when the world was almost annihilated in the 60s with the Cuban Missile Crisis, there would have been nobody to stand in the gap. There would have been no nation to promote technology the way that our nation has. There would be no nation as great as our nation to reach out and spread the gospel as far as we have reached. One man's decision that no matter what it cost him, he would do what's right. Changed the world. Wouldn't it be great if we had a milepost that said major decision? Let me just make it simple for you. Every decision you make if it takes you away from the straight and the narrow path of God is a major decision. I'm not asking you to take a mile post to the grocery store, which beans are cheaper. But you better find a way to talk to God before you make changes in your life. You better find a way to get a hold of God before you make decisions that will alter your future. God says in Hebrews 12, 13, keep walking straight. This passage then goes on to tell us that when we walk straight, even though we're struggling, listen to what I'm about to tell you. I'm about to finish here. But listen, even though we're struggling, when we choose God's path, it will bring blessing and healing into our lives. And not only will it heal us, but it will also be a blessing to others as we clearly leave a path for them to follow. Now, while we were in Alaska, my wife had a really sick idea. She wanted to hike the mountains. Something wrong there, amen. But there's this problem. They said, we're at the height of bear season. Thank God she's a little afraid of bears. But one day as we left Whittier, Alaska, she so wanted to hike. I said, well, baby, there's this glacier right up here. Do you want to hike up to it? Now, listen, I'm, I'm telling you, I was pretty worried about those bears. You know what they tell all the tourists? It's okay. The bear's more afraid of you than you are of it. You know? Get your bear spray. So, wow, matter of fact, once we, once we were headed, we had the, the shuttle taking us to the airport. As we were headed in the shuttle, there was a Thai, a, Thai, a guy from Thailand there. And I, I said to him, I said, what are you doing in Alaska? And he, he said, I'm a hiker. And he said, it's the best place in the world to hike. I said, well, awesome. I, I said, can you answer me a question? I want you to be real honest with me. He's, I said, I'm leaving. It's not like I'm just getting, I want you to be honest with me. Do, do, do you ever have problems with bears when you hike? I mean, are they really more afraid of you than they are? He said, oh, no, Pastor. He said, I have problems with bears every time I hike. I said, really? Does the bear spray work? He said, it's a lie. You have to shoot them. <laughs> I was like, like you have to shoot them. I said, they, they're trying to tell all those tourists. And I'm thinking, thank God I just let her hike one day. We go hiking. We go down this path and. The family goes on ahead. I'm, I'm kind of fine with that. I, I kind of, I, I call it amble. Do you know what that means? I amble, I'm ambling along. <laughs> that really means waddle, but you know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of just moving along at a, a slow, there's fiddlehead ferns I'm thinking about. You ever seen that show where they eat the fiddlehead? Fiddle, I think it's Andrew's everyone or whatever. And I'm looking at those and, and I'm just walking along, having a good time. And I come around this curve and I see my family. And then on this hot day, we're all in shorts and it, it's kind of hot that day. And we come around that curve and, and there's snow that leads up to a glacier. Zach's already headed up the glacier. His mom's like, don't let him go up there. I'm like, he's all right. It gets so high. I'm like, hey, come back down. But he's headed up the glacier and the, the girls find themselves a place to sit there and enjoy. And, 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 and so I, I start up the glacier. And as I start up the glacier, I have to change from ambling to trudging because it's, it's snow. 
I step into the glacier and I go through to my knee. Now, I don't know if you know anything about a glacier, but they're cold. So I'm like poorly dressed for this adventure. I'm, I'm in snow up to my knee and Christina's go, wait, wait, wait. I want a picture of this. I want a picture of this. I'm like, well, hurry. She's like, I, 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 could you hurry? She's like, I'm trying. I was like, take the lens clap off. That would help. Amen. She takes it and gets a picture and I, I pull my leg out and, and I'm like, let's go up the glacier. So we start up the glacier and we're headed up the glacier. And as we're headed up this, or at one point we're headed up this glacier and as we're headed up this glacier, I take a step and then I hear another step. And I take a step and then I hear another step. I think, oh God, there's a bear behind me. And I turn around, and Christina is right behind me. I was like, what are you doing? She said, I'm walking in your footsteps. You're blazing the trail. As a matter of fact, could you take shorter steps? (laughs) I was like, okay. So I'm taking shorter steps, and I'm trudging through the snow. And I realized something. I'm making a path for her so it's easier. You see, that's what Hebrews 12 and 13 says. It says, if you will walk the straight path, those who follow after you, you can be a blessing. Not only will it bless your life, but it will bless them. Because they will walk in the same paths that you have walked. We grow up to be our parents. We grow up to be those that we admire. I mean, we, we, we may, we may not intentionally do so, but we pick up habits whether we know it or not from them. And what, what it's saying here is they're going, people are going to follow you. So when you come to life's places of decision, don't live your life in such a way that you go here and go there and you take people in the wrong path, but find the way of the Lord. And as you begin to walk, it might not be easy. You might have to trudge through some stuff and you might be feeling like you're sinking through but keep your path straight honor God because somebody's going to come along behind you and if they're coming along behind you they're going to look at you and say because you serve the Lord I'm still here because you showed me how to pray I know how to talk to God because you worshiped in the middle of your storm I have learned my God can bring me through also for there are decisions that we make that will not only change our life the lives of those we love, but the lives of those around us. And there is a path that we must blaze, but it is worth it all. You will never regret, listen to me by the power of God as I begin to close today, you will never regret serving God. You will never regret His ways. Proverbs chapter 4, verse number 25 says, Look straight ahead. Fix your eyes on what lies before you and mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. Wow. Look straight ahead. Pastor Don, I I don't know what to do. I, I don't know where to turn. What does God's word tell you to do? But Pastor Don, I just don't know if it'll work. If God said it, It'll work. But Pastor Don, I hurt so bad. The healing is in the straight path. 
The joy of the Lord is in God's path. The strength of God. Pastor Ron, I just don't know what to do. I'm standing behind a wall and the enemy's about to run me over. What must you do? Grab the sword of the Lord, the word of God. Stand your ground and charge ahead because what you are about to do can change your future. Honor God. Love God. Serve God. Do what the Lord has called you to do. Pastor Don, you sound like you're trying to sell us something. Yes, I'm trying to tell you, stop buying the lie of the devil and buy the promises of God. For the Lord's ways are true and just, and those who follow in them will have goodness and mercy follow them all the days of their lives. For the Lord is good, and his mercy endureth forever. Would you bow your heads with me in this place today? I know so many of us here today are at points of decision in our life. Points of question. Change. Where do I go? What do I do? Let me tell you, when you don't know what to do, find what God's word has said to do, and that's what you do. Pastor Don, God's not speaking to me. Then you do what he told you to do until he tells you something else. You honor God. You serve the Lord. But Pastor Don, my life, listen, the tenth of the enemy might be about to charge on you, but he has drawn his beat on you. But greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. And I remind you, the sorrow that you feel is not of the Lord. The joy of the Lord will be your strength. The victory of God will cause you to overcome. Listen to me if you're here today and you say, Pastor Don, my life has not been lining up with a straight and narrow way. It has not. I'm not going to embarrass you, but right now I want to pray with you. You say, Pastor Don, my, I, I am determined. I am determined. I, I, I set my ground. I will line my life up with the narrow way of the Lord. Put your hand up quickly. Hold it up. Hold it up high. Hands going up all over this place. Hold them up. Hold them up. Hold them up. I will line my life up with the Lord. I'm looking all over this place, through the balconies, through the floor. Keep them high. Keep them high. I will honor God. I will win. I will overcome. I need God to help me. Where are those hands? I need God to help me overcome. I need the word of God to come. And the enemy's got me in his sights, but I'm going to overcome. Hands all over this place are going up. Is there, are there others? Quickly, quickly. I need God change my life right now by the power of the Holy Spirit. Join hands with someone near you if you feel comfortable. I want to pray a prayer of blessing over you. The Bible says that the prayer of blessing was so significant that two brothers fought as it were over. One to see the other to steal the blessing. Why would someone be willing to steal a spoken word? Because there's power in the tongue. The power of, of the tongue is life and death, the scripture tells us. And now I speak this blessing over those who would say, I want to line my life up with the word of God. I want to choose God's way. I want to follow God. I feel the Holy Spirit of God. He has not lost you. And even though you may seemingly have lost your way, he is faithful. He knows you by name. He knows every hair upon your head. 
He chose you before the foundations of the world. He was crucified for you from the beginning of time. Nothing has changed his love for you. Serve the Lord. Honor God. Follow his paths. And when you don't know what else to do, remember in his ways there is safety. There is a hedge of protection. There is joy beyond measure. Lord, help them to rise up and be holy. Help them to rise up and be strong. Help them to serve you, to love you, to honor you. Father, that they may see the blessings. They too may stand in one day and declare, the Lord has never let me down. Show me somebody to help me with that. The Lord has been faithful. The Lord has never let us down. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Who is likened unto our God? There is none. Who can deliver like our God? There is none. Who is faithful like our King? There is none. I love you, Lord. I honor you and I praise you. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And amen. I wish somebody would give a mighty faithful God a worship today. Amen. today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 815, 930, and 11 a.m., where you will find real love now.